0: Immigrants from China have long settled in North American Chinatowns. The neighborhoods have been places for Chinese migrants to find familiar surroundings and safety in a new country. But that's starting to change, largely because fewer Chinese are coming to the United States. The world's Jason Margolis reports now on what this might mean for the future of Chinatowns.
1: A few months back, author Bonnie Tui wrote a short article in The Atlantic magazine. It was titled The End of Chinatown. I
0: think end is the end of Chinatown as we know it. So we have known it as um, this home for working class immigrants, you know, the rural poor. It's always been that gateway, you know, it's the starting point. And it has been a necessary starting point. Now, if demographic conditions continue As they are, and, you know, the the great economic engine, you know, this global juggernaut that is China now continues on, maybe these uh, vast swaths of rural poor find other opportunities in China and they don't have to come to the U.S.
1: This is already happening. Toy cites statistics charting a slow and steady decline of Chinese immigrants from a peak of six years ago.
0: And so the question remains, if new immigrants are no longer a part of the fabric of Chinatown, then what would allow it to live on?
1: This question has rattled some Chinese-American community leaders in places like San Francisco, home of America's oldest Chinatown. This Chinatown started in the 1830s with Chinese immigrants coming over to work in the the fields and later on with the discovery of gold uh, in the 40s and shortly thereafter to work on the railroads. I walked around San Francisco's Chinatown with Gordon Chin. He's founder of the Chinatown Community Development Center and sort of a local celebrity here. Hey, Len. You want to interview my (laughs) sister-in-law?
0: You're blocking traffic. I'm sorry. That's okay. What were you saying?
1: It's easy to lose focus in Chinatown. I know these streets reasonably well. I used to walk them daily to get to work. The crowded markets, tacky tourist shops, and brightly colored pagodas, lanterns, and oriental architecture and the crush of people. It's the most densely populated neighborhood west of Manhattan. It's a place of immigrants where English is not the primary language. But as fewer Chinese migrate here, I asked Gordon Chin what did he think was going to happen to American Chinatowns. He says in a crisis, there's also opportunity. So in terms of opportunity with the growth of China, there's there's pride with that. There's economic opportunity. There's cultural and cultural ties. And San Francisco's Chinatown is still very much a vibrant, bustling place. But many smaller Chinatowns, from nearby Oakland to Washington, D.C., have struggled. Chin and his colleague, Gen Fujioka, who was also walking with us, know this could also happen here. But they don't see it anytime soon. Fujioka called Bonnie Tui's article, The End of Chinatown, an oversimplification.
0: Bonnie's recognizing that it is a challenge. Communities have to recreate themselves, find relevance for today. It's not just about the past. And I think that challenge exists for every community, and I think Chinatowns are no different.
1: To stay relevant, Chinatowns must transition to places that attract second- and third-generation Chinese Americans, people like Frank Wong. Wong grew up in the Sunset District, an outlying neighborhood of San Francisco. The Sunset District is also heavily Chinese, but Wong says newer Chinese communities and outlying districts can never replace the original downtown Chinatowns. I, I would like to keep it the way it is. It's a, it's a symbol of, of who I am and my culture. Wong has a special attachment to San Francisco's Chinatown. He helps run a family restaurant here, the R&G Lounge. But he says many of his Chinese-American friends from the suburbs don't share his affinity for Chinatown. And Wong says over the past decade, he's seen fewer Chinese-Americans come visit. There used to be a lot more, uh, even just, you know, just events on the weekends, for example, uh, festivals or anything like that, that used to always be, you know, occurring all the time, but just doesn't happen anymore because based on the fact that not as many people would show up. And over the years, they just totally eliminate those types of things. This trend bothers him both as a Chinese-American and a local businessman. Restaurants throughout Chinatown are looking for ways to broaden their customer base. Restaurants like the New Asia. It's a cavernous but packed room with waiters pushing dim sum carts through crowded passageways. Owner Han So says he's worked hard to keep his restaurant busy.
0: He says on Christmas Eve
1: and Day, they host the Kung Pao Kosher Comedy Festival. As the name implies, it's a largely Jewish audience, laughing, and more important to So, eating his food. Last year, So says the festival brought in 600 people. He says events like this are helping his business diversify and survive. But as Chinatowns reinvent themselves and become less Chinese, at what point do they cease becoming genuine Chinatowns? I boarded an elevator with Gordon Chin in Chinatown's first public housing project. And a lot of you know, Chinatown families grew up here you know, since the 50s. As we got out of the elevator, we saw several residents, none of whom were Asian. I asked Chin how he felt about the changes unfolding here. Fine. I mean, Chinatowns across the country have always been uh, very fluid, and it's not always been 100% Chinese. I also asked Bonnie Tui how she felt about the changes in Chinatown. Besides her article in The Atlantic, Tui also wrote a book called American Chinatown, and Tui has a personal connection to the one in Manhattan.
0: I think back to the fact that my grandfather worked in a fortune cookie factory down in Chinatown when I was growing up. And the fortune cookies that were peppering my household uh, were little reminders of his path down to Chinatown every day. And, you know, I I talk to my grandparents about how they feel about this place they lived in for, for decades. And they say, you know, they're happy they left, but they were happy that it was a home for them when they got here.
1: And while Tui writes fond portraits about American Chinatowns, she also describes the neighborhoods in stark language. Dirty, overcrowded places where immigrant families often cram into one-room apartments.
0: You know, I want to be clear that I'm not actually of the opinion that they should be preserved as is.
1: Tui says Chinatowns can successfully evolve. For example, she cites Honolulu's Chinatown, now a home to a thriving nightlife scene. Art galleries are popping up in L.A.'s Chinatown.
0: These things are not, quote unquote, Chinese, um, but they are fitting in somehow. And they're kind of finding, finding a way to coexist or more than coexist with the long-time Chinese residents in the neighborhood.
1: Of course, that brings us back to Tui's original question. Is this the end of Chinatown as we know it? It's an interesting debate, but it's also worth remembering people have been predicting the disappearance of American Chinatowns since the 1920s. For the world... I'm Jason Margolis, San Francisco.
0: How about an online stroll through San Francisco's historic Chinatown? Visit theworld.org for our audio slideshow.